Fry Gave a 13th Horror Podcast is a proud independent podcast. To learn more about the show, visit frygave13.com. We come to this place for magic. We listen to podcasts to laugh, to cry, to care. Because we need that. All of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the headphones go in. And we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Dazzling conversations delivered on a small iPhone screen. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our heroes feel like the best part of us. And stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here... They are. Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. We make podcasts better. It's episode 106. Movie theaters are terrifying. I am the writing on the wall. The whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message. To save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay the we honor thee from life to death. Horror in real life. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Horror in the movies. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is better. Seats in this theater. So let's Why do yours. you have to have mine? It's not your Go seat. Go away. That's not gonna I happen. pay my money. I have a right to, to it. sit in your seat. Correct. Yes, that's my not, seat. That's not your seat. How can you tell us not my seat? Because your ticket has your seat number on it. Whatever. Let's find it. Whatever. This can easily do be your own policy. No, your, your no, I'm going to be an asshole because you're being an asshole. I am not. I'm a patron here. Okay, and I'm trying to find. And this your will seat. be the last time that I come to this imagined theater. Sounds All right, great. I paid I, my money. Great. Does please, anybody please here come think back. that please this is back. actually uh, a, a thing where it's like it doesn't matter where you sit? It's not a side seating. It is. Go sit in your own seat. Welcome back to Frygate of Thirteenth Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And if this is your first time with us at Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, you've tuned in or pushed a button to get to the podcast that talks all about horror, horror in real life and in the movies from an LGBT perspective. Uh, This is our 106th episode. It's all about movie theaters and how terrifying they are. We've got a great show lined up for you, Um, some fun stuff, talking about some wacky stories in movie theaters, a couple of movies that fit this docket perfectly, um, and some funny anecdotes, which, Andrew, I believe you have one right now. Yes. So uh, listeners of our show know that, you know, kind of you and me are are, are very similar in certain ways and very different in other ways. Yes. And that, um, that, that's what makes the show good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought it was funny. Um, so we, we have a joint. Uh, if you ever want to email the show, uh, you can email the show at Friday 13 at gmail.com. 
Um, and, you know, every so often we get put on lists for different things. Oh, God. Um, and usually, like, when they come across the email, um, it's either addressed either your, yourself, Maddie, or myself, Andrew. Right, sure. And I thought it was funny. We, we, we had two emails come in, both on Friday. Um, and I, I just want to point this out that... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's really they? funny. <laughs> so, um, the, so here's one addressed to me. Okay. Hi, Andrew. Get ready for an out of this world celebration of the 35th anniversary of Killer Clowns from Outer Space at HorrorCon LA. Okay. So, so, so that's the one addressed to me. Sure. Now, I want to read you the one addressed to you. Oh God, uh, what? Give me one second here. Sweet Jesus. All right. Uh, so, hi, Maddie. As featured five times on Advocates.com, 39 sex toys every gay man should try list. <laughs> oh. so, I just wanted to point out that those are the, the two spectrums that you're getting from your hosts today. <laughs> well, 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 but wait, though, where is, um, where, where, what, what were the sex toys? What were I they? mean, you can read the list yourself. It's addressed to you. Okay. Well, I will. Um, I will go investigate that um, ASAP as soon as we're done recording here today. Quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that, Andrew. Um, I also have a little anecdote for you too, Andrew. Right now, um, you know, look, our listeners are all over the world, and it's wonderful. And every now and then, we get to be in the same place with them. Um, and we had one of our patrons from Patreon uh, visiting Dublin this week. And oh, so cool. I got to got to meet with our friend Kyle, Kyle Curry. Um, you can follow him on Instagram. It's D Sig80, D-S-I-G-80 uh, on Instagram. Um, and Kyle is just, he's he's wonderful. He lives in Chicago too. Um, it's funny that we didn't meet in Chicago, but we did meet here in Ireland. That that's actually kind of funny. Um, we had a great night last night just talking all about horror and talking about gay stuff and talking about politics. And it was sort of like doing the show with another person almost, um, like over, over a few beers. And it was wonderful. So, uh, Kyle, thank you for um, for making me part of your trip here in Ireland. I really appreciate that. And look, listeners, if you're ever in Chicago or if you're ever in Dublin, let us know. We would love to meet you for a beer if, if we're able to. Um, and if you're able to as well. You know, it, it's it's like we always say, you know, we do the show like really for all of you. And it's just it's a blast every time that we get to do it. And and I, Andrew, I know I speak for you when I say it's a bit of an honor to do it for people. So, like, let us know because you are the reason why we do this. And we love to hear from you. And if we ever get a chance to meet you in person, that's even better. So, Kyle, once again, thanks so much for being a patron. And thank you for being um, just such a, a wonderful, devoted listener of the show. Thanks. Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks, Kyle. And when you're back in Chicago, we need to get together as well. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I'll tell you what, too, Andrew. And we'll, we'll do this in November, hopefully, when I'm back. The connections that Kyle and me and you all have together are ridiculous. Like we know all oh, the same geez. people. It's 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 very very weird. Very very strange. It truly is a small world after it all. It is indeed. Well, before we get into the meat of the show, when we talk about movie theaters and how terrifying they can be. Maddie, why don't you take a slight detour over to the certified terrifying corner? Sure. So the certified terrifying corner for this episode is all about um, is all about U.S. politics. Congratulations, um, because there are a few things that are happening right now that are pretty big um, in the United States. The first one is this: um, Diane Feinstein um, is dead. 
goodbye, Diane Feinstein. I don't mean to make that sound funny. It's not. Um, but she has died at age 90. She was a senator for decades, for decades. Um, and she is no longer a senator anymore because she has passed away, which means that Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, now has to appoint someone to replace her until there can be an election. Um, Dianne Feinstein, one thing that people uh, hopefully know about her but might not remember is that she was on um, the, uh, the, the, I can't remember what the name of it right now in San Francisco is, but she was basically on the city council, right? On the city council when Harvey Milk was shot. Um, oh, so she, interesting. Yeah, she was a fellow counselor at the same time. A couple of things that I didn't know about that was that she was actually friends with Dan White. Dan White was the guy that that shot Harvey, right, and, and yeah. murdered and murdered him. Um, and another thing that I've heard, and I need to check out the full veracity of this, but I also have heard that Diane Feinstein was in possession of Dan White's. Uh, personal journals and never release them. Isn't that wild? What? Isn't that, I've never, I never heard that until, well, uh, what's today, Sunday? Never heard it until yesterday. And I was like, holy shit. And I haven't had enough time to like dig into it yet. Um, but I'm going to because I find it absolutely fascinating that she had that, well, that she had those journals. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's insane. Um, well, thank you, Diane Feinstein, for. Be ninety. I mean, not ninety years of work, but like what, ninety years. Probably, in the probably like <laughs> probably like sixty years of work. If I'm being honest, you know what? Well, I, I I agree with you. The other thing that I would say though is like, y'all, it's okay to retire. Yeah, you don't have to work until you die. <laughs> I, I agree. And like, look, and pe- somebody might say, like, well, Maddie, what about Bernie? And I'm like, yeah, Bernie too. Like, it's okay for you to retire and go hang out with your grandkids. Like, just yeah. it's okay to leave. And like. I don't know about you, dude, but as soon as I can retire, I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to die working. Sorry. Maddie, I have told you many, many times that if I could do one thing and get paid for it for the rest of my life, I would. Yeah. <laughs> like if I could have a one hit wonder uh-huh. out there for like a like a music or whatever, I don't care about being famous. I'm just <laughs> I'm okay with just being content. Listen, Andrew, we're one episode away from that. We're going to get that one episode that will just pay us the big bucks. Oh, it's coming. Thank God. So listen, Diane Feinstein, rest in peace. Um, next up, big week for Joe Biden, um, who is the president of the United States. Some might call him POTUS. Some might call him Joe. I don't know. Um, he is – there's like there's like a few big things for him right now, right? Number one, he walked the picket line with United Auto Workers. He is – the first president to do that in history, that's that that is truly incredible. Like no other president has ever walked a picket line. Um, and the fact that he did it, it, it kind of rocks, not gonna lie. So that's cool. Um, on top of it, he's also undergoing an impeachment inquiry right now. Isn't that hilarious in Congress? So um, stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. And the Democrats are making short trip to the Republicans on this. Um, and then also he made a really important speech last week. It's October 1st when we're recording this now made a very important speech about how the MAGA philosophy is basically endangering democracy. I don't disagree with him. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I don't, like, I guess MAGA people. um, (laughs) It's just, it's, it's one of those things that, like, there should never be, a in a democracy, there should never be a side that truly like takes over that because that's not a democracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's completely. And I, 
and, and I think that like with with MAGA and with all this Donald Trump stuff, and you know, we won't we won't belabor this too much, but like it, it does become an aristocracy or yeah. a, a I don't know another word for it right now. Autocracy. I can't think of it. Yeah, it and 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 it's putting one person in power over everyone else. Yeah. And, I don't know about you, but I've never met a perfect person and I don't think I ever will. And I don't <sighs> think that one person should ever be in power of everybody else. There we know. go. Good Sean, night. <laughs> Sean Mendes might be one perfect person. That actually is. I mean, I've never, I have, I've not met him, but he, he actually might be, I mean, he is, he is, I, I, I follow this Twitter account called best of Sean Mendes. You should too. Because I'll tell you what, <laughs> it is, it's, it's nothing but daily reminders of how perfect that man is. Um, anyways, uh, and finally, in a really dumb week for U.S. politics, once again, um, it looks like the GOP is ready to shut down the government, um, which is not good because it shuts down essential services for a lot of people. It means that things just get backed up. So like if you're waiting for your passport, sorry, not going to happen. If you're waiting for your student loans to be processed, oops, sorry, not going to happen. Uh, if you're waiting for like the IRS to take care of your taxes, like there's there are so many things that are that are at stake when this kind of thing happens. And on top of it, you know who else doesn't get paid? Our soldiers don't get paid, which is just awful considering that these people that the people who are doing this are the ones who like claim to love the military so much. Right. Kind of fucked up that you're doing that, dude. Got some news. This is like the, the, like whenever this comes up, because this does come up like every, I don't know, I'd say every, like every like five, seven years, like this comes up. Um, And I just think about like your job, my job, fucking Chipotle, fucking Potbelly, like all these places, like if they just decided, uh, we're going to shut down, like you don't do that. Like you just like you gotta just I don't know it's so it's so pretentious and so ridiculous it's that childish I yeah it's so it's childish dumb. and you know honestly you know we're getting ready to fly in about a week and a half here yeah, and sure. we were getting we were getting nervous that uh, like the TSA and airports and whatever was going to be interrupted so like. like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I don't know, but hopefully it doesn't because that would fucking suck on your vacation. Like, come yeah, on. Well, thankfully, yesterday we learned that they are extending everything 45 days. Um, oh, okay. To, oh, no, that's good. To, to, to like figure things out. But um, it's only 45 days. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you, <laughs> we both kind of work in like, uh, quote unquote, like corporate America. And 45 days to get something done is not a lot of time. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, and, and also, like, these people get paid so much fucking money, and your healthcare, their healthcare is like the best healthcare in the world, and they get this and they get that, all these fringe benefits. Fucking do your job. Do your uh, job. Agreed. Agreed. Slobs. Anyways, that is a certified terrifying corner. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> All right, let's move on into the meat of the episode. And today we are talking about something that is very near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is movie theaters. Yes. Um, both myself and Maddie, if, if you've listened to the 105 episodes before this, you've probably put together that we both grew up working in movie theaters. And so we feel like it's a good time to just kind of like talk about movie theaters, the history of it, some crazy things that happened in them, and also like <laughs> what we think makes like the best movie theater experience. Should, should we so, start with the experience part? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, so we put together kind of like a list of what, what 
me and Maddie, and this doesn't go for everybody because everyone has a different experience and everyone has a different mood they're going into a theater with. But what we think is the best movie theater experience. Maddie, why don't you start? Yeah, we'll start right at the right at the top of the list with something that is extremely obvious, which is a comfortable seat. Yes, I agree, but they can't be too comfortable because I'm getting a little later in life uh-huh. and I fall asleep a lot. So. Yeah, and you know, like there are there are movie theaters that I really adore that don't have comfortable seats, right? So, like the one that Agreed. I'm thinking about, if like sorry to call y'all out, but like Music Box in Chicago. Yep. Music Box is, if you have never been to it before, it's a glorious old school movie theater. They have a calliope organ. Like, I mean, it's it's an amazing place. It really, really is. But like, as much as I love it, the seats in the main theater anyway, because either there's, what, are there th- three or four theaters there? There's three, right? I three think there's screens. just one other one. There's just two theaters in there. The big one and the small screens? one. Okay, so, yeah. so there's two screens. The In, in the smaller screen, those seats are kind of new, so they're they're fine. But in the in the large one in in the main screen, those seats are old and they are not great. So like yeah, it's I, it's this weird balance of like God, I love the place, but fuck, my ass hurts when I go there. Well, I get the preservation aspect of it. Like I yeah. totally understand that. But like when you're going there, for instance, for in the in the month of October, when you go there and go yeah. to the 24 hour movie marathon of horror movies. Those seats are not good for that. Yeah. Or like, so. if you, know, if, you know, if you're going to see fucking Killers of the Flower Moon from um, from Scorsese coming up, which is going to be like almost four hours long. Like, that's a lot, dude. You know, yeah. so comfortable seats are important. One thing that I do miss because, you know, I, I, I go to the lighthouse here in Dublin all the time, which you hear me say nearly every episode. But um, the seats are good, but they're not like those big like the big American seats, you know what I mean? With like yeah, a cup holder yeah. and like they recline. I do kind of miss that because uh, those those were great seats. Those were really, really nice. Next on the list, I think you put this one down because I'm going to, I'm I don't necessarily need this, but Tell I me. will understand where you're coming from. Uh, you said a good bar and unique concessions. Um, yeah. I don't like to drink at the movies. It's mm-hmm. just like my thing. Like I just don't really like it because I, I, get, I, I get sleepy. That's just like my, th- I, I, I can't sleepy? explain it. You get sleepy or, town? Um, or I have to go to the bathroom and I hate having to go Fair to the enough. bathroom during a, during a thing, but unique concessions. I will, I will uh, give that to you. Um, I'm kind of, well, just, oh, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, so I don't like to drink at everything that I go to see. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to get something, some kind of beverage, whether it's, Oh like my God, I'll, I will definitely get a giant Coke zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll get a soda. I usually, I usually bring a bottle of water with me into everything that I see now just because I, I guess I start coughing or I just want to drink some fucking water. Like I'm going to bring that in and fuck you if you tell me no. So I bring in the bottle of water for sure. And then, like, I would say 75% of things that I go to see in the theater, I'll buy a glass of wine or I'll buy, like, like a couple of beers. Sure. Um, it's just nice to have. I don't like to get, like, wasted during it. That's for sure. Because oh, that's not, I'm not. I wasn't saying that at all. Oh, no, 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 for sure. But, I mean, like, just for me, like, I mean, you know me. I get sleepy when I drink. So, like, I don't, I don't want to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's nice to have, like... It's nice to go to one and like they have something good and it's not like just like a bottle of Miller Lite. You know what I mean? They have like a couple of nice, couple of nice pale ales and a couple of nice stouts and a couple of this. It's just like nice to have to have that like selection. And like, um, I mean, I haven't been to Alamo yet, but I'm sure that they probably have something like that. You know, oh my God, they have they literally have too much. 
<laughs> oh my god, crazy! But then, like you know, once again at Music Box, they always had a nice selection at that, like at the nice bar around the corner. Where you yeah, get, like, I love that little attached bar and stuff like that kind of thing. Yeah, and then in terms of like unique concessions, like usually I, I'm pretty standard with what I get, like popcorn and candy. But every now and then, if there's like like at Lighthouse, for example, they have this beautiful like pastry case with like brownies and cakes and you know wow. rolls and it's just like they're beautiful and every now and then i'm like yeah you know what i want to fuck with that pastry let's go and it's good wow that's cool um so speaking of popcorn i think popcorn is quintessential yes. and it, it is so <clears throat> we'll talk about my we'll talk about both of our theater experiences in a little bit but like popcorn for me is so important and oh, yes. i feel like it has gone by the wayside of like what good proper popcorn really can be. And when it is popped in the theater, when you go to that matinee show, and yes, I go to a lot of matinees because I'm Mm -hmm. an adult Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you're getting that fresh pop popcorn. It is. There's nothing like it. Uh, now, if you go to like let's say the five fifteen show or like the six forty five show, there's always this part where there's like prearranged bags and buckets under heat lamps. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Like you need. I, I don't want that. Like I'm. I don't mean to. I don't mean to be like a Karen. I don't mean to be like anything like crazy about it. But like if I'm gonna pay the twelve dollars for that popcorn. I need it to be the fresh stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I completely agree with you on this. Uh, popcorn is quintessential to the movie experience for me. Like, even if I'm not hungry, I'm going to buy popcorn at every movie that I go to. I just I can go I can go to an all you can eat buffet before and I will still get popcorn. <laughs> I, I absolutely just I have to have it. And like, you know, let me ding my place here. I love you, Lighthouse Cinema, but like they don't pop the popcorn. And I think what? it's I, it's it's weird. I, I don't I don't know if it arrives pre popped or if they pop it somewhere else. But like where they have the concessions, both there, there's two concession stands upstairs and downstairs. Neither of them have a popper, and so they're just like in this big case. And like they keep it warm, and they they you know put it not in the, the same, but not it's the same. It's, and I still buy it, but it's not the same. And honestly, it's nowhere near as good. And like I it also <laughs> I guess because it's Europe. There's no like butter thing here either. So like what? Not not having the butter on it also. Like I'm not, not even, for me. I'm not even that big of a butter person on popcorn to be honest, but like I need to have a little bit and it's just not there. So as much as I love the place, you need to improve your popcorn. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, let's move on to kind of the ambiance oh, of, yeah. of the actual theater itself. So I think it's really important that uh people in audience is like excited to go to the movie but also like are quiet and like yes. don't, they're not there for an ulterior motive they're not there to chat with their friends they're not there to be on their phone they're there to see the movie like yeah and, like, i think that's really important and then um in the theater also like like i think that you and me especially working in theaters can respect this they have to be clean and the clean. floors like just mop the floors every yeah. night please because the sticky floors are a lot i mean it's just it's just a sign of respect for your audience if i'm being honest and like yeah. you know too at, 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 in the same token like you as a theater goer it's important that you respect the theater like if you spill something could you clean pick it, it up, up? Yeah. if you spill your pop like Okay, it happens. Just go tell somebody, you know, like it, it doesn't have to, they're not going to kill you, but like, you know, you got to tell someone, you know? And also, like, when you're getting ready to leave the theater, just take your fucking concession shit and put it in the trash. Thank you. 
Thank like, you. It's not it, that it, hard. It's <laughs> literally like, like every theater that I've ever gone to. There's a there's a trash can like literally right outside the door. You just you just put it there instead. That's all you. They have usually to do. they usually have an usher with a fresh trash can yes. right there. So now, th- this next one that that we have here on the list, this is this is an important one, especially like like at, like you know pre COVID, during COVID, after COVID kind of thing. A one seat buffer between all guests and groups of guests. I am all about this. You got to. I can't. Uh, I I don't mind other people, but I don't want them directly right next to me, and I hate fighting over the armrest. So, so I, I'll tell you this: when I went to go see Scream Six at Lighthouse, I bought two tickets. I was dating somebody at the time, and I thought that we might go together, but we actually broke up the day before. So um, he did not go with me, which is just fine. But I had that other ticket, and I was like, you know what? I want to keep that seat too. So when yeah. I got when I got in the theater and I sat down and I put my stuff on one seat and it was a fully packed theater that night when somebody came to ask for that seat I said, "No, I have a ticket for that seat." And I felt great about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um and then two other things that I I just think make make the theater experience and then we'll move on is that I think like you have to have good sound but yes. like you can't have it so loud that like you can't enjoy your experience because yeah. I've been to theaters where it's so loud that I almost can't even concentrate on the movie but then I've also had theater experiences where it's so quiet that I can't yeah. hear dialogue, but I can only hear like music. You know totally what I mean? Agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, I mean, without sound, you, you, you literally can't hear the movie. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the whole point. So like, if you don't have it perfect, then there's going to be a serious problem for people. Um, yeah. You, it, it, it has to be right. There's no way around it. And then finally, the last thing, and this is a thing that we've come up with in the last 15 years, maybe, um, is the pre-picked assigned seats. Yes. Thank you. Chef's kiss. Thank you that I don't have to get to the movie theater a half an hour early anymore Uh like I did in the 2000s slash 90s. You know, it's it's weird. It's the last thing that I'll mention it, but like at at my theater here, we were doing um, pre-assigned seats. And then they like got some new system for the loyalty program. And then the pre-assigned seats went away. Oh. And I was like, and I, I still haven't gotten an answer. Like, why, why did you do this? And I'm really, really hoping that they bring it back because I don't like chaos. I and hate so that. I, I, I do too. Like I, I, and I know what seat I want every single time. So just let me select that seat. It's, it's so much better if people select ahead of time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. All right. So as we alluded to, both myself and Maddie both had early child childhood, uh, teenage Teenagers, years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, working in theaters. Uh, I worked at the Cadillac five. Maddie, what did you, where did you work? I worked at the art theater in Hobart, Indiana. Yeah. Um, so my theater experience was pretty awesome. Actually. I loved working at the theater. Um, the only thing that sucked was all the people and just the, 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 um, just seeing how people treat theaters. And I mean, keep yeah. in mind, this was 2001-ish, okay. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Um, and it just, the way people would, literally when we had to clean up a theater, we would have to take a leaf blower in and just blow all the popcorn. So the gross. And like, have to like clean it up from that. So it just shows you how much popcorn people would leave on the floor. And I get it. You know, things fall out of your mouth with popcorn, of course, especially yeah. popcorn. But like, 
come on, be a little nicer to people. Um, some crazy things about my theater. Uh, this was an old um, stage theater that they converted to a movie theater. So we actually had a backstage. And um, crazy thing about Cadillac, Michigan, is that back in the back in the early 1900s, it was all connected underground so that you could basically uh, share feed and like, sure. you know, kind of like do all the things underground. And we still had those tunnels under my theater. And so that's where all like the movie posters were and the old cutouts and like the letters for the grandstand and all that stuff. And so we would always go explore down there. And it was it was pretty cool. Um, I can remember we had one ghost. Um, there was yes. a, 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 there was a, there was a, I'm not even joking. I don't know who put it up there. I don't know why they left it up there. I don't know what the story is, but there was a noose hanging from the rafters what? behind oh the screen. <sighs> and there was a story that someone had killed themselves back there. I don't know if it's true, but we did have a lot of crazy things that happened. Um, in one of my screenings of signs, uh, the M night Shyamalan movie, yeah, sure. um, the the film actually burned and we had oh my to God. like stop everything like a lot of crazy things happened at the Cadillac Five now it's the Cadillac Four I don't know what happened <laughs> I haven't been there since they <laughs> changed it oh um, that's great that's so um, good but what I can remember is that I made literally no money uh, uh-huh. and I basically took my pay home in garbage bags of popcorn because at the end of the night we would just empty it into garbage bags and I would take it home and my whole family would enjoy popcorn on a Friday night. So. Hell yeah. Uh, s- similar experiences at the art theater in Hobart, Indiana. Uh, the art theater, uh, opened in, uh, what was it? 1947, I think is when the art theater opened. Wow. Um, it was a beautiful old little theater. Um, there, there's a, there's a website called, um, what is it? Cinema treasures, cinema treasures.org where you can like look at various old theaters. Um, Oh, 1941 is when it opened 1941. Um, the first movie was One Night in Lisbon with Fred McMurray. Um, the, 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 the art theater was a beautiful, old, art deco-ish style movie house. Um, it had one big screen, um, probably sat, I don't know, 200 people, I would say, something like that. It had a ticket booth right out front with two, um, two sets of double doors, um, and the ticket booth was right in the middle. Um, oh, that's I worked- fun. It was really, really cool. I worked there, um, God, from like my sophomore year of high school through senior year. So like 1996 through 2000, basically. Um, And like you, we made nothing, like literal poverty wages. Um, Like I think I made like three three something an hour like it was it was so ridiculous. insane <laughs> and I, I i would have paychecks that would like literally be seven dollars it was it was absolutely it was stupid um but we had a blast working there i worked there with like you know just like friends from high school basically and um our the owner his name was mr prosecchi ed prosecchi um who's long past um and he was he was so mean to all of us i mean mean he would yell at us all the time he would i had a mean boss too (laughs) he would call us names and he would say this and he would say that but i will say like there there was something in him too like as mean as he was like i i really think that like that's just that's just all he knew how to be and like i think that deep down mr prosecchi honestly probably liked us all a lot because we all loved movies you know and i think i think that he did too and he just sort of lost that love somewhere along the way um, another guy that was a, that was a real character was Mr. Kazmarek, who was also a teacher at the middle school in Hobart. I think he taught math, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, Mr. Kazmarek was such he was such a nice guy, and he was the projectionist every night. And so, like, he would bring me up there to like show me how he was like splicing the reels together, 
and he would like give me cuts from the reel of like you know movies that I really loved, and he would like secretly give me the movie posters and all that kind of stuff. He was he was such a cool guy. I think that's he's cool. Alive. Um, yeah. But if he's not, rest in peace, Mr. Kazmarek. Dale Kazmarek. That was his name. Dale. Um, Mrs. Prosecki worked there too, <laughs> who was the wife <laughs> of Mr. Prosecki. She was just sort of not all there in the head. God bless her. She was very sweet though. Um, and then we stole candy all the time. Let me tell you, any candy we wanted, we just took it. And we did not give a flying fuck because we made nothing. Um, and the same goes with you. We also took home garbage bags full of popcorn. Just huge bags. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And speaking of popcorn from earlier, we made our prop- popcorn properly. We put in vats of oil into this machine. It was, oh, mm-hmm. God, that mm-hmm. part was gross. And we would, you know, make it fresh every single time. There was one lady called the Butter Queen. That's what we called her. And the Butter Queen insisted on butter in thirds for her big bucket of popcorn. Oh, we had these people too. Oh, and she drove us nuts. And she would watch us do the butter. And if it wasn't enough, she would make us do it again and put salt in in each layer of it too. And like, you know, I didn't mind people saying extra butter or like extra salt. But if you want it in thirds, that's too much, baby. That's yeah. too much for me. Sorry. So we had, and we'll move on after this, but uh, we had in our local newspaper every every week when the movie theater times would come out, there was a little coupon in in there that was like for yeah. one free one free small popcorn. Sure. And so dealing with the fucking coupons oh every God. week with people coming in and wanting their stupid little free popcorn. And then I think it was 20... It, and then we had this stupid fucking rule. It was 25 cent refills, but then they added tax. So it was 27 cent oh, refills. Fuck off. Fuck off. And with so that. people had to come in with a quarter and two pennies to get their to get their refill, which was just ridiculous. But. So <laughs> annoying. I, I, I will say one other cool thing about our concession stand is that we had Green River on tap. That was fucking cool. What is that? What I don't know what Green River is. Green Green River is it's a soda and like there's there's not I don't think there's caffeine in it. I think there's not caffeine. Um, but tons of sugar though. And it was bright green. Like it was like a deep well, not bright green. It was like an emerald green kind so of So like bright. a like a Mountain Dew? Uh not not bright like a Mountain Dew, right? But like uh it, it well, I guess maybe Green River sort of had like a little bit of a mountain dewy flavor to it, but a little bit milder. But like imagine like an emerald green soda. It was it was that. And I huh. loved Green River. Oh, my God. It was so, so good. Um, and we had it on tap. It was really cool. I'll have to look that up. I don't know. I've never heard of that before. Mm, it was delish. Um, all right. So speaking of movie theaters, we have to go back to the beginning. The history of movie theaters. Yes, please. So the history of movie theaters can be traced back to 1893, where Edward Moybridge projected hand-painted animated images at, at his Zoopraxographical Hall. <laughs> Andrew, that was good for you. Good job. (laughs) I practiced before this. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) At the uh, World's Columbian Exposition in uh, Chicago, actually. Um, But the first storefront theater was actually uh, in the U.S. was dedicated exclusively to showing motion pictures was the Vitascope Hall established on Canal Street in New Orleans, of all places. Um, in 1896, where it was converted from uh, a, a, a basically like a warehouse store. Sure, sure. Um, the first permanent motion picture theater is in the state of California, and it was called Tally's Electric Theater. It was completed uh, in 1902 in 
where would you think? Of course, Los Angeles. Of course. Uh, where they uh, showed The Great Train Robbery, which was a 12-minute film. <laughs> which Think about like how long films are today. And that's the just crazy that it was only 12 I'll minutes. I'll tell you what, g- give me more 12-minute films. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready. Seriously. Um, some people that kind of like changed the game in my and, and this is my opinion sure. um for uh kind of theaters and how they were experienced is both uh, alfred hitchcock and william castle uh we've just we talked about uh, house and haunted hill a couple of episodes yeah. ago um but alfred hitchcock uh he had this like this brain he, and listen the guy is problematic the guy hated yeah, women and is not a great person but he did have a mind for marketing and for pr so um, for Psycho, in his advertisements, he begged people to keep the story a secret. Um, he also staged real nurses in the theater during the showings. Um, he would also let he would also close down the theater after the movie started. So if you showed up five minutes late, you're not getting in. Sorry. You know um, what? I love that rule. Bring it. Bring it I back. Do, I do too, because I cannot stand when you're watching the movie and then all of a sudden Ugh. you see that bright light from the hallways. Hate it. Come in. Um, for the birds, uh, the concept behind kind of like what he was doing is, and I didn't know this, but he actually like either there were either advertisements or he sent out like a mailing of these like cut out, uh, like almost like, um, almost like cat eye type masks, hmm. um, that were in like a bird form. Huh. And if people could, uh, cut them out put them on, wear them to the theater and wear them to the theater that they were assigned to because there was like a number on the, on the mask. Uh-huh. Um, then he would let you go to the movie for free. But, oh, wild. That's cool. But like the thing was, is that you saw all these people walking around downtown with all these <laughs> fucking bird masks on and you're like, That's what cool. is going on? I love that. Um, and then William Castle, he kind of like changed the game in another way as he made the movie theater experience kind of like I, what we call now today 4D. Uh, where uh, he, in his first movie, so keep in mind this guy, in 1958, William Castle, he mortgaged his house for to fund his first film, Macabre. Um, and it, basically what happened is he would give, <laughs> as people walked into the theater, he would give theater goers a $1,000 insurance certificate just in <laughs> case they happened to be scared to death. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, like we said, House on Haunted Hill, he would have um, rigged up monsters and skeletons with gl- glowing red eyes. I know the music box actually just did this this last this last year that I would have loved to see it and get a chance to. That would come th- like through the theater at certain times, which is just insane. Um, the Tingler, which I almost recommended for this episode, but it just didn't quite fit like fit yeah, the thing. Sure. Um, is that certain seats in the theater would have a little jolt so that like when the Tingler was loose it was loose in the theater and it would I'll like, give you a tingler and it would like vibrate certain people's seats, but only certain people's seats, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, at 13 ghosts, he had special glasses that you could own. Like if you wore them, you could see the ghosts, but if you didn't wear them, you couldn't. I love that. Was, um, and then finally in 1961, kind of his like piece de resistance, uh, homicidal, um, uh, he basically what happened is um, y- y- if you left the theater, you had 45 seconds. He was like, OK, if you're if you're too scared, you have you now have 45 seconds before the scary parts start. You can leave. But if you left, he would put you in the coward's corner. And, <laughs> That's great. I love and you that. would get 
berated by people <laughs> saying that you were coward and you would be given a yellow sign that stated you were a bona fide coward jesus god that, okay that might be a little bit of overkill just saying but 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 i i admire his uh his gusto yes uh and i think you have a couple of uh interesting little experiences that happened in theaters that are just insane yeah I'll, and you know i'll just give you a couple of them because literally there are 19 of these from BuzzFeed yeah yeah because yeah. why would they ever have a list that might just be five um, but so if you want to go read all 19 of them, you can search for the article 19 movie theater tales that'll scar you for life from Buzzfeed from 2015. Remember that year? I don't. <laughs> um, let's see here. Here's one. This one's called the Dookie Drop. And uh, this person says, when I was 17, I started working at the local movie theater. One Sunday afternoon, a man came walking out of this movie theater and started walking toward the bathroom. I realized something fell out of his shorts as he was walking. I went to pick up his dropped item, but when I got closer, I realized the man was pooping his pants. Oh, no. Fell out of his shorts onto the carpet. I got to tell you, I would leave and quit and never come back. Literally never come back. Um, there's one here called the unbothered blowjob. I used to work at a movie theater and I caught a couple in mid BJ. It was the last show in that theater. They were alone, but they totally missed that the movie had ended. Go figure. Uh, the house lights were up and four people <laughs> were flanking them from either side to escort the couple out. If you're going to, if you're going to do it, um, you should come before the movie ends. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that. Right. Um, and then one final one here, also about uh, about about genitals. Uh, the mid-movie masturbator. At a screening of Cat People, I suddenly realized during the Natasha Kinski-John heard sex scene, the, the Natasha Kinski-John heard sex scene, that a guy behind us was jerking off. I can oh hear God. the rhythmic strokes of his hand rubbing up and down on his jacket. Unfortunately... He hadn't finished when Natasha started turning into a panther. He stopped. <laughs> he, <laughs> he stopped, zipped up, and left. Wow. Um, so just a few of the crazy stories from that BuzzFeed article. I was just thinking about when we reviewed Cat People. And I, I was like, how can you masturbate to that movie? Oh my God. Cat, I'll tell you, Cat People is a genius little film. That fucking thing was weird as fuck. Yeah. And then finally, just to close out, you know, a little bit yeah. of we have to be a little bit terrifying on Friday, the of 13th course. of our podcast. Um, and I think that this was something that in our life, I, I, at least for me, and I'm, I'm sure for you, yeah. something that kind of like changed theaters for without us a doubt. Without, for a little while. Without a doubt. It, it's, it's still I, I still think about this almost every time. So on July 20th of 2012, there was actually a mass shooting that occurred inside a Century 16 movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. Um, you'll remember this, that this was during um, the Dark Knight Rises film. Um, he was dressed in tactical clothing, a 24-year-old, I'm not going to say his name because I refuse to, um, set off tear gas grenades and shot into the audience with multiple firearms. Sorry. Ugh. No, it's 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 sad because th these are people that are like us that were going to see a movie and just wanted to have just wanted to have a good time. Yeah, 12 people were killed and literally 70 other people were injured. So, fuck that guy. Um why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy and fuck guns. Um I don't understand it, never will. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's and you know, it's it is one of the things like I said it's it's something that I think about still. Uh, Me too. 
every and single time I look when uh-huh. I go into a theater now, I always know exactly where my exits are and I yeah. don't want to live like that, but that's just unfortunately the world we live in. It's, it's, it's how you have to. And, um, it, it's, you know, I, I don't blame you for getting emotional because, uh, you know, like I said, that those are, those are people going to see the dark night. Those are people like me and you and our friends. And that could have been any theater, any given day. And yeah. it just happened to be in, in Aurora, Colorado, and it wasn't in Chicago, Illinois, you know? And so uh, there, but for the grace of God, go we. Um, but it's how awful, how awful. And I, I forgot it was that long ago, too. Yeah. That's, that's really weird to think about. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for our horror in real life segment. We will take a break and be right back with what you've been watching, bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back. It's time for what you've been watching, bitch. What you've been watching, you movie theater going, fucking ticket carrying, popcorn eating, bitch. That was a good one. I liked it. Yeah, you like that? Um, so this is the segment of the show where we literally talk about what we've been watching. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be somewhere in between. Uh-huh. But we're going to talk about it. So, <laughs> Batty, what you been watching? Uh, you know what? I realize both of us have the same one. So why don't we save that for the last one? Okay. Yep. Um, so I'll start instead with one that I really, really got into. Um, there's one called Influencer on Shutter. Um, Influencer is a movie, not a series, um, and I loved it. I had a great time with this. Um, let me pull up the information on it really quick, so I just remember who's in it. Um, but Influencer is about what you think it's about, which is social media influencers, right? And this movie came out in 2022, directed by Curtis David Harder. Like I said, it's on Shutter. You should be able to get that everywhere on Shutter. Um, and uh, it's just, it's really good. I, I don't even want to give, I don't want to give a lot away about you it. Can't, you can't. Have, have you can't. Have, have you, have you watched it? I think I talked about this a, a little bit. A couple of episodes ago. I don't remember if I brought it up on the show or not, but yeah, okay. I really liked it. Oh, I really, I, I loved it too, but it's one of those movies that like you're, you benefit yeah. from not knowing anything going uh-huh. into it. You're right. So I'm just going to leave it there, but I will tell you that I really, really loved it. By the way, I have cheese in my mouth. Deal with it, listeners. Um, I love cheese. I'm also, I'm hungry. Um, But Influencer was so good. And you know, like as somebody who works in social, I maybe got even more enjoyment out of it, to be honest. But like, let's be honest too. All of us that that are on this show and that listen to the show, we're all on social in some way, and this will make you think about that a lot. So, just watch it. Like Andrew said, the less you know about it, the better. And I hope that you love it too. We'll leave it there. Yeah, I loved that actress too. The one that made, oh. plays the the main the main. Well, so I don't good. know the the main, but whatever. So good. Um, yeah, I this is like and we'll get to my my last one when we talk about Shutter again, but like this is like this is like the magic thing about Shutter is like every once in a while you stumble upon like a really fucking good movie. Uh-huh. But you kind of have to get through like three bad ones to get to the good one. <laughs> like no offense Shutter. Uh, I mean it's but it's just the truth. Totally agree. All right, my first one is uh, called Surviving the Raft. Um I don't know if you know anything about this. I have not show. heard anything about this. So I stumbled upon this really randomly. I think it was maybe recommended to me or something. Um, so uh, do you know about the documentary, The Raft, that came out in God, 2018? Uh, it sort of sounds familiar. Remind me. 
So in like 1970, let's see here, 1973, this guy named Santiago Genovese, he put together this group of, of 11 people. So it was it was a time in U.S. history, where, uh, much like right now, where everything was very uh, divided, very like horrible. Okay. Um, and he basically put all these people on a raft in the in the ocean and said, "You guys all." It's a social experiment. Let's see what happens. I'll be on there with you. Oh, no. And, oh, um, no. and basically he said, like, I'm purposely going to put people of different mindsets on the raft together and let's see if we can, like, figure it out. Um, there's a documentary about it. You can watch it from 2018. This is now a reality show where Discovery, the channel, put, um, I think it, it's not quite 11, but it's there's a group of people okay. on a raft in the ocean and said, figure it out and but oh they boy. didn't just they didn't just put people on a raft they put like the maga people with <gasps> the, the like really liberal left people and oh, no. they put a trans person on there with somebody that doesn't like trans people they, oh, they put no. like it's insane so if you want to go see some the world in like a little nutshell and there is some racist thing that happens on that show and it is it is if you want to see what the world can, is like in your outside of your bubble you should go watch surviving the raft because it's some wacky ass shit that people wow. leave out there and i for one it was eye-opening because it like i said you know we live in both like very urban settings where kind of the mindset is of one way. Oh yeah. And you forget sometimes that there are some wackos out there. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think that this is a, a good thing to see because you kind of, you, you have to remember that it's not just you and your friends that are yeah. making up the world and you got to still remember to reach out to people and like, you got to do the work, but, Agreed. um, and and this and this and this is just one little tiny reality show, but it did kind of like give me a little bit of a brain reset of like, oh shit, there's still people like this out there. So yeah. um, it was it was a good show. Yeah, I was a. I might have to check that one out. Um, my next one is one that I actually watched this morning, um, and it's called "There's Nothing Out There." Have you seen this? I don't even know what this is. Okay, you need to watch this for sure. Um, there's nothing out there. It's from 1991. It's uh, oh, directed gosh. by Rolfa Konevsky. And Rolf Konevsky was 20 years old when he directed this. Um, and I don't know a lot else about him, but I've heard him called like, like a bit of a wunderkind when it, when it comes to this kind of thing. He directed also The Black Room, The Hazing, Party Bus to Hell, Pool Boy Nightmare, like a bunch of just like kind of crazy, like, Shock, the, shock, shock movies. Yeah, yeah, like shock horror stuff and like with a lot of boobs and stuff kind of thing. Um, and I got to tell you, this one, <laughs> this one is great. I think that you're going to like this. Oh, and I need to I, check this out. I watched it because I got it. I got an email from I'm a subscriber to movie and uh, they emailed like they're like sort of like spooky stuff last night. And the the featured one is this one. And they said, this is the film that sort of like laid out the groundwork for the Scream franchise. Huh. And I was like, oh, weird. I've never heard of this before. And so I watched it. And God damn it, Andrew, watch this. You'll get that exactly. You'll get it fucking to a T. It's wild. Um, this is like a teen horror film, spring break kind of thing, right? Mm. And it's um, it's like like six six teenagers. And they're all, 
Um, it's spring break. They're going to one of the teenagers like lake houses, like their, their parents aren't going to be there. So they go there to like go have sex and drink. Right. Classic story. And, and on the way there, funky things happen. And of course, once they're there, all hell breaks loose. I'll leave it there. It's comedic. Um, it's not, it, it, this is not highfalutin. Trust me. It's really, really not. Um, but I had a blast watching it. It's maybe the only thing I'll say is that even at 90 minutes, it's maybe a little bit too long, but there's a point where I'm like, how is this still going for like um, what it is? Yeah. For, yeah. For what it is. But I got to tell you, it's good. And, um, if you're a scream fan, watch this and you'll, uh, you'll get a lot out of it. You will. Cool. I'm definitely gonna check that out. I never even heard of that. Um, my next one literally just went on HBO Mac. Well, now it's just called Max, whatever branding they're trying to go yeah. by now. Um, um, it's the Meg 2, um, the sequel to the Meg, uh, giant sharks, of course. Um I struggle with this series. Uh <laughs> have you seen have you seen the original I have Meg? Not. No, I have not. So like <sighs> I just don't, it's hard for me because like, I feel like they, at one point they want to be Jaws and at the other point they want to be Piranha 3D and they can't figure out which angle to go with as far as like more campy or more serious. And it's just, it's the same thing for the Meg too. Like there's this like end of the movie bloodbath, but it's not fun. I don't know. Like it, it just... I want to like these movies. I think Jason Statham has carved out like a great little, uh, I mean, we just talked about death race a couple, uh, a couple episodes ago and I loved it. And like, I just want them to have more fun with this. And I just don't think that they know how to have fun with this series. And I I don't know. And I don't think it did very good in the theater. So I don't think it'll be going on to the mega theory, but, um, I don't know if you like the, the mag and the Meg too, please reach out. Cause I'm, I think I'm missing something. But I, overall, mm-hmm. I, it was kind of just like it was it was it was a decent enough watch. But I just when I wanted to have like, oh, yeah, we're getting into it with sh- giant fucking sharks. I just it, it fell flat. So oh, that I don't sucks. know. Yeah. Hmm. But that's the Meg 2. <laughs> Meg 2. Even Megger. Um, my next one is also from Shudder. Um, it's a series called The Terror. Did you watch this? This was on AMC at one point, correct? Is this about the the ship? It was, yeah. Okay, I didn't watch it, but I remember it. So I, I remember I had started to watch it way back when, and I just, I, I think I started watching the first episode and like got bored for some reason and never went back to it. And it's recently now back on, um, back on Shutter, and it's just the first season. There are two seasons to it, but I just started watching it because I was sick last week and I had nothing else to do. Um, and I gotta tell you, it's really good. I okay. really, really enjoyed it. It is, um, number one, it's, it has, a, it has an amazing cast in it. Um, and the cat, I'm just pulling up the cast right now. The cast is, uh, Jared Harris, Tobias Menzies, Paul Reddy, Ian Hart, Kieran Hines, um, Christina Rodlow, uh, George, George Takai, for God's sake. I mean, like, there's a ton of people in this. It's really, really good. Jared Harris is Captain Crozier. Jared Harris was um, uh, one of the main guys from Mad Men and a bunch of other things. Like, If, if you see him, you, you know who he is. Um, really, really good stuff. And it's all about um, these, uh, these ships uh, full of Englishmen looking for the Northwest Passage uh, in the Arctic. And they get uh, iced in, and it's all about them trying to survive. 
and it's wild. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like like the other thing too. Like, I don't want to give you too much because the story is really so good that if you don't know a lot about it, I think you're better off. Like, just go into it, and I would say like at least give the first two episodes a try. You know, if and if you don't like it after that, you don't have to keep going, but give it a try, and and just keep going because I thought it was really really brilliant. Um, and, and loosely based off a true story, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's the, I, and I forget what the ships were called, but like the, it is based off of like I think two ships that that like literally just disappeared in the Arctic. Yeah. Like they're nowhere to be found. The men nowhere to be found. They're just fucking gone. Um. So and that what this show does better than anything is the atmosphere. Like you, it's the atmosphere is incredible. It's dark. It's gloomy. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's snow, there's ice, there's there's this, there's that, and you're constantly afraid because you don't know what's out there. And I just, I thought it was really, really brilliant. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, I remember when it came out, I wanted to watch it and was just one of those things that I just forgot yeah. about. So I'm glad that it's on Shutter now so I can go back and watch it. And yeah. I also remember the second season looking really good, but it was a completely different story. I think that it was, one, uh, that one I haven't watched yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, my next one is also on Shudder, uh, funnily enough. Um, it's called The Elevator Game. Um, so I read this creepypasta a long time ago and was really creeped out about it. So I was really excited for the movie. Um, the movie's not great. Oh, no. Um, the, the, like, the core of the movie is actually pretty good. Like, the, the, like, the core of the story. Yeah, sure. But, like, the writing and the characters just suck so bad that, like, it doesn't make for, like, the overall movie experience to be good. Um, so if, if you read the creepypasta and you want to, like, uh, maybe see a little bit about, like, and a way that they could make it into a movie. I mean, watch it. It's not, it's not awful. I, I will say that, but like, just like the, I, we get into it so many times in these, in these movies, but just like, sometimes the writing is just so important Yeah, that like, it just, it spoils the movie. And so That's like, shame. Um, I, I overall, I, I've kind of come in at like, I don't know, like a, a three out of seven. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. kind of like just like just below average. But um, I mean, it's a new Shit. movie on Shutter, so <laughs> it's, you know, I, I was I was going to watch it. I mean, maybe I still will just to just to. You should. See. I mean, it's it's worth watching. Just like don't yeah. get your expectations too high. You know what Fair I mean? Enough. You you know what that reminds me of too is the left right game. Oh, I need that to be a movie. <laughs> when I, I, you know what though, I don't know. Like uh, maybe it's uh, it might be better audio. Yeah, because I'll tell you what. I, I remember when you told me about it, and I listened to it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" That that was one of the best audio experiences I've ever had. It was yeah. so fucking cool. Listeners, if you've not listened to the left right game, oh. turn this off right now and go listen to that. Andrew, don't don't tell them. That. Don't don't tell them that. Listen to it after you finish this episode. Um, it is, it's so good. It's so, and and it really scared me too. I remember. Yeah, it was creepy. There were some scary parts. Now, Andrew, this last one is one. Um, well, wait, you've done your three, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah and I and I have too. So the last one for both of us then is, uh, no one will save you. For me, mm-hmm. I watch it on Disney Plus because I don't have Hulu, and Andrew watched it on Hulu. Yeah, they're all the same now. They're exactly. all connected. But yeah, so, um, no one will save you. Uh, to best sum it up. Um, I don't think I want to because I think it's better to go in surprised. But um, it's basically. <laughs> I, will, about a- I will say this though, Andrew. There was there's one there's one um, 
and this is this is not a spoiler because people if you look at the poster you know that this has to do with space right yeah 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 but there is there's one review on letterboxd from hamish calvert hamish and i follow each other on letterboxd and on twitter for that matter hello hamish he's in belfast um and his review was one line for this movie and it was must not have chiropractors in space (laughs) which i thought was hilarious and i won't tell you why but that is pretty funny yeah, so basically it's about a girl. She lives on her own out in the country just outside of a small town. And basically what happens is she gets, I'll just say, invaded. Um, and yeah. that's the, the best way to put it. Um, what's interesting about this movie and what you should know going into it is that there is no dialogue for the most part. Yeah. Um, it is mostly just kind of... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like, how would you explain it? Just like sounds, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's um, this movie is told. It's certainly through sound without a doubt. Um, it's told through choreography, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, this is, this is also not a spoiler, but there's like, there's also a, a couple of scenes where the girl is like teaching herself a dance where she lives. Right. And um, that that is sort of like a, a big motif of the film is movement and and like dancing. Um, so it's told through choreography. Um, it's told through just sort of like general imagery, I would say, too. Um, but you're right. This movie does not have any dialogue <laughs> at all. Yeah. I mean, overall, I really liked it. I I'm still I watched it two nights ago and I'm still kind of ruminating over the ending because I don't think yeah. I, quite, I don't think I quite even I I don't know if I don't understand it or if it wasn't told to me in yeah. a clear way. I don't yeah. know. Did you have that experience too? Exactly that experience, and that and that's the reason why I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. Um, and you know, like I, I, there's plenty. I think everyone is really divided on this one. Like people, yeah. Uh, well, you know, except for like maybe me and you. I think you and I are kind of in the middle. People, but. For the most part, people have been like, oh, I love it, or oh, I hate it. Oh, and really? I definitely don't hate it, but I also definitely don't love it. And I think the reason why I don't love it is because, like, while I'm fine with films not giving me every answer, I am I am honestly okay with that. I do need to know, like, what happened at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I don't – I walked away from it, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, I, I might not have been, like – my brain might not have been like a hundred percent that night or whatever, but like, I don't really get it at the end. I, I'm saying I like, <laughs> I was like, honestly, I was really into the movie and really wanted to love it. But then the ending happened and I was like, wait, what does yeah. that mean? So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And like, and like, you know, sometimes I think about like, you know, I'm this kind of fan of things. And so certain things should really be what I like. And like, you know that I'm obsessed with aliens and all of it. And like, once again, that's not a spoiler, people. So like, this should have been a movie that Maddie Zeredich really loved. And I didn't. So I was like, oh, that kind of tells me something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, watch it for yourself. Course, it's easily yeah. accessible on Disney Plus and Hulu, like we said. And let us know what you think. Because I don't know if we know what we think about the ending <laughs> if i'm being honest. yeah it's it just I, and, like, and like to be fair i've been pretty busy this week so i haven't like had a, like a, a good chance to like go read about it and see what people are you know thinking about the ending but yeah it just it didn't get me all right well that will do it for what you've been watching mitch maddie brought us influencer on shutter there's nothing out there currently on movie the terror season one on shutter 
and No One Will Save You, which he watched on Disney+. And Andrew also watched No One Will Save You on Hulu, uh, but also he had Surviving the Raft on Discovery, The Meg 2 on HBO Max, or whatever they call themselves, and The Elevator Game on Shudder. So folks, that is another edition of What You've Been Watching, Bitch. Take a little break. Stay tuned for our first feature of the episode, which is The Blob. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? You were there, you saw. Plasmic life form that hunts its prey. Predator. I want that organism alive. I think you ticked it off. no shape it's oozy hopefully it's not coming out of your goozy it's the blob andrew tell us about the blob scream now while there's still room to breathe terror has no shape remake of the 1958 horror sci-fi about a deadly blob which is the spawn of a secret government germ warfare project which consumes everyone in its path. Teenagers try in vain to warn the townsfolk who refuse to take them seriously, while government agents try to cover up the evidence and confine the creature. Directed by Chuck Russell, written by a lot of people, uh, Theodore (laughs) Simonson, Kay Lineker, uh, Chuck Russell, and Frank Darabont. Oh, Frank Darabont. Okay. Mm -hmm. this production and distribution was handed by TriStar Pictures, which when I saw that little unicorn run onto the screen, I knew I was in for a good time. Yep. Um, Brian is played by Kevin Dillon. Meg is played by Shawnee Smith. Paul is played by Donovan Leach Jr. Sheriff Herb is played by Jeffrey DeMunn. Fran is played by Candy Clark. Dr. Meadows is played by Joe Seneca. And Rev Meeker is played by Del Close. This is rated R. It comes in at a perfect 95 minutes true um it's released on august 5th of 1988 mostly filmed around abbeville louisiana the budget was about 10 million this only made 8.2 million i would be surprised to see that too yeah um so obviously this is a remake uh we'll get into that in a little bit but um overall maddie was this your first time with the 1988 blob and what were your initial thoughts uh not the first time but it's been a it's been a long time that's that's for sure um the blob is the blob is great it's a really it's a really great fun film to watch about a fucking comet thing that drops on earth goo comes out of it and it just starts to eat people. Like it's the dumbest premise in the world, 
and it works unexpectedly good (laughs) yeah i mean like it's i mean it is it's so stupid it's 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 just dumb and this is not a movie that i should like you know back to things like oh well what is maddie zerdich like this shouldn't be one of them um but i'll tell you what it is because this one has so much going for it right I think that um, this does homage to the original film in in really great ways, but also has a lot of fun with it, right? Um, I think that the the actors are actually really committed to their roles in this, and it shows. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think you know, I, I don't know. I I think that that it's hard to do with things like this. Like when you're in something that is so ridiculous, like the Blob. I, I would just imagine that taking it seriously on set is probably a challenge. I'm, I'm, I would just say, right? But they they do it so well. Um, this movie is also just like it's very goofy and weird. Like Del Close as the priest is like a weird <laughs> gay perv, like who just likes the football players. Yeah, and like and like the the football players themselves are like are like actually kind of cool. And like the bad boy, like you just you fall in love with them, and it's just there's just so much to love about this movie, and like and some of the lines are ridiculous. Um, like oh, what, what was the one? Um, hey pal, a pack of Trojans and a and a, and a banaka spray. Like it's just funny shit like that. Um, I think he, I think she wants your body. <laughs> yeah, but then also too, like I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of like the blob. You know, like the blob is not great, but sometimes the blob gets the people who fucking deserve it. You know, like, for example, there there's a part where the blob is in the movie theater, which is why we chose this movie. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And like there's like the kids are in front of are, are in front of these people and they're like they turn around. They're like, hey, mister, we're trying to watch the movie. And the blob just snatches the motherfucker right up. And you want to know why? Because that motherfucker was talking during the whole film deserved it (laughs) he he deserved it right the blob is justice the blob is also justice um when the one guy is basically date raping the girl in the back of the car i forget their names right now scott yeah scott like and and the girl whatever her name vicky and vicky vicky is like asleep and he's like oh i'm gonna unbutton your fucking uh, blouse and then i'm gonna start touching you blobs like actually no i'm gonna fucking eat you you date rape fuck and like that's kind of cool the blob is justice right the blob is justice but then the blob also is not justice the blob yeah. it's people that maybe it shouldn't be eating the blob does things maybe it shouldn't do and so the blob sometimes is not justice but you know what look aren't we all a little chaotic sometimes i don't know i've got a soft spot for the blob part of the um, yeah um this is not my first time either i've seen this movie a couple times but like you i don't think i've seen it in at least a decade oh for sure um but uh i just think that this movie is so much better than it needs to be um, yeah, agree. like a 1988 sci-fi remake <laughs> you know what i mean like um, right. yeah so like and and it diverts expectations at almost every turn because yes. I think like going into it, you think Paul is kind of like you, you think Paul and Meg are kind of like your two main characters. Like that's Paul is so fucking hot too. Oh my God. And we've seen him before in cutting class. Go back to school is terrifying. Right. Yes. (laughs) But, um, 
And when Paul is essentially the second person to die in the movie, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit. Like, nobody expect that one coming. Uh -uh. And and really awfully, like, (laughs) like, like, like dissolved into the blob. And then, you know, we get the deaths of the sheriff, which is a huge death off screen, mind you. Because yeah. he like shows up in the blob in the in one of the worst deaths in my opinion is when um it's Fran right she's the yeah the, yeah the waitress um when she gets into the phone booth and is trying to call for help and the blob essentially envelops her in the phone booth and then takes over the phone which is just so awful because up to that point Fran has just been like the nicest person ever to like everybody oh, and giving away love. like free food and like staying open late for Brian to eat food and like all this stuff. So like the, the, the movie pulls no punches. Like nah. it, it, like it, you think that anyone is safe. No one is safe in this movie. Nope. Um, and I think that that give them a lot of credit for kind of like doing that because there are other movies that are set up like this. I, the, the movie that this made me think about the most was Arachno phobia oh because I see that yeah, yeah yeah sure because it's kind of like the the small town like like what's happening there like that kind of a thing but like in arachnophobia i kind of felt like i knew who was gonna die and who was gonna live sure. and in the blob i didn't <laughs> like i was like oh god we're just gonna kill everybody um including that i don't know if you saw this is like a blink and you'll miss that moment but there's a point towards the end where um there's a guy that just gets kind of flomped. Like, I don't know the best way yeah. to put it, but he just gets kind of like pushed down by the blob and it's, he gets blobbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other big death is of um, the little kid's friend. Like who, yeah. Think, yeah. Who gets like literally dissolved in the sewer. Like this is a child. And you I think like, Oh, at least the children are going to be safe in this because they got out of the theater. They're into the sewer. They're with Shawnee Smith and, and Meg and they're, they're going to, they're going to get it out. And he just gets fucking dissolved by the Meg or not yeah. the Meg. God, I got oh my God. Shark on my brain. Um, uh, dissolved by the blob right in the sewer. The blob, and, the blob is going to blob. That's all that yeah. the blob knows how to do. Well, and the, the other thing that I really appreciate about this is that there's an explanation for the blob. Yeah. Because I think we've had a lot of movies like this where something falls to earth. I'm thinking of night of the creeps, things like that, where you don't really understand what this is or why this is. And in the blob, you get a pretty succinct little explanation. You know, it's it's the military. And from okay, so this is what I put together. Please uh, rebuttal okay. with what you think. Sure. Essentially, what I think is that they were coming up with some sort of viral germ in space, like on a space station. It got out of control, loose. It attached itself to to a satellite, and the satellite fell to Earth. Is that? I think so. Yeah, that's kind of, that's what I put together anyway in my brain. I think that, I think um, that works. Uh, I I think that a lot of the scenes, especially up front when the blob is like slowly making its way through town, are really effective. I I agree with you. The uh, Scott and Vicky scene I think is really effective because when Vicky comes to life as the blob and is just like oozing and goozing and going all around What's and whatever. Goosey? It it is frightening. Um, what I will say yeah. about Scott, I do like that trunk setup. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I, I, also, I, I also really loved in the movie when um, when Brian when he wrecks his um, he wrecks his motorcycle. Yeah. Right? And then he has to go to the mechanic, right? Yeah. So he's at the mechanic and like uh, he's friends with the guy that runs the shop who I can't remember his name right now. Um, but he's talking to him and like he goes over to the ice. Um, he, he, like The guy goes over to get a couple of beers that are the in snowmaker. The, in yeah. the snowmaker, right? And uh, that snow comes back to haunt you later on at the end of the movie when the blob is destroyed. Yeah. Uh, it's snowing in town. And it's so fucking cheesy, but I love it because the guy goes, hey, man, I told you we'd get snow. <laughs> I was cracking up. And I also love how the camera pans down to what's left of the blob. And the blob has turned into crystals now. <laughs> I just like, thought it was great. I thought it was great. I do have a question about that. Is so <laughs> I probably can't answer it for you, but go ahead. <laughs> so... Obviously, they freeze the blob at the end. That's yeah. how they, yeah, quote unquote, like stop it or kill it. It or hates whatever. the cold. But because we know the very end where the Reverend has his thought out pieces of the blob in a jar, what happens when the blob unthaws? And where where do they take those little crystals to make Girl. sure that it's, you know? Did you I, think yeah, about that? <laughs> I mean, look, I, these are these are questions about the blob that uh, maybe no one has ever answered maybe only del close knew the secret yeah. <laughs> of, of the blob but um, I, just, I love i love like those parts are like the, the how it all comes together and the foreshadowing and you know all of it look none of this is is intellectual but the way that's done is is honestly almost joyful it really is i mean and there's like, there's literally a line that i think um i think we pissed it? it off <laughs> well well i think paul says it before he dies he says uh scott jesky's going to die because he like and i was like well yeah and, and then he does there you go but, um, that's it um i it's just i think that the, this movie's more intelligent than I think we give it credit. Well, for being, uh, let me tell you one of the most intelligent pieces of movie making genius in this. It's when you first see the blob really do its blob thing. And then it immediately jump cuts to the two kids eating jello at the table. Yeah. And they're like, it up. oh my God, it was so good. I, I, I wrote down, wait, what did I write? Where did I write it down? The blob to jello jump cut in all caps, LOL. I loved it. And then, very very shortly thereafter that is when um uh what's his face is when paul is coming over to pick up what's her face for the date right yeah yeah and and oops the dad's the pharmacist and the we whole condoms thing. From. <laughs> just it's just like little shit like that was just so good it was it, it's those little 80s gems of humor that are just like now they're so like it's so it's so nothing at all but like in the 80s it was like oh my god look at that it's crazy well, it's almost one of those things that, like, when you see uh, Brian wreck his wreck his uh, motorcycle at the beginning, you're like, surely this jump will never come back into like, <laughs> right. like exactly. And then, wait. Or I love I love when they bring the um the the fur the old the old guy in, in the woods when they when they bring him to the hospital to get checked out and he's got the blob on his hand. Oh my god! And, and then and the nurse at the front says, "Does he have blue cross?" <laughs> I have that exact same thing written down in my notes. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then I wrote down right after that, I wrote down because I, I, I wasn't paying attention to any of their names. I wrote, if the clean cut one were the top and the naughty one were the bottom, it would work. And I still stand by that completely. I was like, oh, my God, they need to be in a porn and I need to watch it. Are you, ta are you thinking of Paul and Scott? 
Is that no, I'm, thinking I'm thinking of Paul and Brian. Ugh, now Brian doesn't do it for me. Really? Uh, but, I mean, but if he was the bottom, though, do you know what I mean? That kind of thing? <laughs> no. Um, I did have a double take when it came to Fran, because for a second I thought it was Rebecca De Mornay. Mm. And then I was like, oh, she would have been way... Yeah, but she would have been, Rebecca DeMornay would have been too young at this point to play that part. But I was like, wow, they are, they are mother-daughter for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, the, so speaking of, the special effects in this movie are, they they range from like fantastic to almost like comically bad. Agreed. Like, um, because there, there are parts like when Paul gets killed or when the projectionist gets killed in the movie theater where there's like these faces in the blob sure. that are so terrifying because all done practically. And then we get to these parts and I'm not really sure why there's these parts where it just feels like they did like really bad green screen, like to where it looks it, and I think maybe it's an homage to the original to where it's made to look like a little bit that. shoddy sci-fi. You know what I mean? I, I think there's also some, some good homage here to E.T. actually. Like when mm. um, when the military comes in in all the white suits and everything, it, it just screamed E.T. Yeah. E.T. Yeah. E. all over the place. And even like like the way that they, the way that like the military people were doing things and like the way that the sound kind of changed and it's a little bit of all of it. it I was like, Oh, they, what's his face is watching ET when he was thinking about that scene. Yeah, no, I can see that. No, I didn't think of it at the time, but mm-hmm. now that you brought it up, I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like, my note that I wrote there, I was a little stone when I wrote that too. I said, Oh, this is some ET shit now. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the one of the more um, shocking deaths to me towards the end is when the deputy is like back broken backwards through the window. Oh yeah, like, during the yeah. during the church is that a church or is that a community center? I don't remember. I thought it was a, it was a community center. Um, kind, but when he gets pulled through that window, I was not expecting that, but um, <laughs> that was pretty gross. Um, it, it, there's just like, there's so many good things about this. I, I have little to say bad. I think maybe some of the acting is a little stiff, but I think that's because it's a remake and they're trying to bring it to like, like fifties, sixties acting. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the only thing that I would say around the acting like okay and i and i agree with you like there's definitely some stiff acting for sure and like stuff where you're like oh come on but like i will say the the initial part with del close in the pharmacy yeah with like i i i I did think about it after i watched it i was like were they trying to read gay there is that were they were they trying to make him creepy like what what were they doing because the only way that i read that scene was that the priest was all about like sinking his teeth into this football player. Did you read that too? Or am I crazy? I mean, yeah, I definitely did because he has that kind of timbre in his voice that reads like pedophile. creepy. (laughs) I want to touch you kind of, but that's how it read for sure. And let's be honest, Scott's a good looking guy. He might be a, he might be a feeler upper and he gets his comeuppance at the end, but like he's, he's a good looking, good looking man. Um, but and this just feeds right into our horrible, horrible taste in people that look like people from our hometowns. It's but. the truth. <laughs> it's the absolute truth. Um, Andrew and I have a have a we, we, that that is our kink, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, we all love our abusers, but <laughs> it's fine. yeah, 
Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, and then well, what's weird about the priest, in my opinion, Reverend Priest, I'm not really sure what he is in Reverend, movie, but, yeah. Um, um, but the weird thing about him is that you get that initial, like that the scene that you're talking about. Yeah, sure. And then we get the ending where right. he's now like he's now like a tent. Uh, what do you call those people? A, I for- a a revival tent. And, yes, and like the, a revivalist. Um, the note that I wrote down was gay priest got scary. Yeah. And it's I don't know if they connect, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't I don't think they do. Yeah. Because I don't I don't really see how that guy turns into that guy. You it know what I mean? Yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And also, like, I mean, if we're being honest too, like there's there's a line that he has uh when when like when town is going nuts where he says like this has all been prophesied and i was like it where? has <laughs> i mean i was like okay I, we did, we haven't heard of this prophecy and i i actually know the bible pretty well there's nothing in it about a comet with a blob in it falling out from space so it that like that i think in general his character doesn't make any sense and if we're being honest like if you think about the movie if you got rid of his character it would be just fine yeah, agreed. Because I don't think that that little extra thing on the ending There's no does anything for it. I, I and I, I actually I I think it was just odd and and completely unnecessary, really. Well, I think what they're trying I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do the invasion of the body snatchers, like and fair enough, where it's yeah. like this could go on. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right. and and, and it's a product of the eighties. It's a product of the time to where you like had to say like. But maybe not. It's it happens in <laughs> it happens in all these movies. It happened in Night of the Creeps. It yeah. happened. It happens. It happened in um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it always has to be like, well, maybe not. Maybe. You know what I mean? like, so I, I think there's like a product of the time, but it doesn't spoil the movie for me. But yes, I agree with you. If you took his character out, would it make a big difference? Nope, not really. We'd be just fine without him. Are there any big trivia things about the blob? Uh, Yeah. So um, speaking of Del Close, Del Close had been scheduled to direct a mock opera about Ronald Reagan at New York's Lincoln Center (laughs) for the performing arts during the filming of the blob. However, their production was canceled and he was unexpectedly available to audition for the blob. So just I kind of want to see a mock opera about (laughs) Ronald Reagan. (laughs) Ronald Reagan, me too. Uh, But just think if that had happened, he wouldn't have been in the blob. Isn't that crazy? Um, And a little bit about uh, the director here uh, discussing the poor critical and commercial performance of the film in an interview with Starlog. Director Chuck Russell stated, maybe it was a mistake to do a remake of The Blob with a sense of humor. I thought that would be an entertaining interpretation. Unfortunately, it was released late in a very hectic summer filled with big films, and it didn't have a particularly good ad campaign. So that sort of speaks a little bit to the gross that we heard earlier, which was $2 million less than, than they spent on it. And why we don't have a Blob too. <laughs> exactly, right. I mean, and you know, I guess like... The blob just seems sort of so intrinsic to the horror canon. Like, you know, if you're a, I mean, even if, even if you haven't seen the blob, you know what the blob is. Do, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, it is interesting to, like, to hear that number and go, God, it only made eight million bucks. Like, that just seems, it seems crazy to think about. Yeah. Well, I love it. Um, speaking of, 
Maddie, we here at Friday the 13th Horror Podcast yes. grade on a seven-stripe scale for the seven stripes of the gay old rainbow. Yes. Maddie, what do you give the blob? I gave it a six, and I said, uh, thoroughly enjoy this remake slash reboot that pays homage to the original and has fun while doing so. I also gave it a six, and I said, unrelenting and surprising, the blob is one of the few remakes that surpass the original. You know what? The blob's gonna blob, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Blob is gonna blob. Well, folks, that does it for the blob. I hope you had a blobbing good time. Uh, we'll be right back with our next feature of the episode, which is the last matinee. ready to go to a matinee that's not a matinee then you might be interested in the last matinee maddie talk to us all about it yeah you're right it wasn't a matinee (laughs) i literally just thought about that oh god anyways um no talking no texting no breathing On a stormy night in Montevideo, an engineering student named Anna takes over the duties of her father, a projectionist at a declining movie theater due to his ill health. But unbeknownst to her, the audience watching the film that she's running starts being murdered by a crazed killer. The Last Matinee, or All Maria La Matinee, uh, was directed by Maximiliano Contenti, also written by Maximilio Contenti with Manuel Facal, uh, produced by uh, three different production companies, Yuko, Pensa and Roca Cine, and La Gota Cine. Uh, and it was distributed by Dark Star Pictures North America. Uh, Asesino was played by Ricardo Islas. Uh, Ana was played by Luciana Grasso. Tomas played by Franco Duran. Uh, Angela played by Julieta Spinelli. Esteban played by Bruno Salvati. Goni played by Vladimir Kanez. Kanzevs? Not sure. Uh, anyways, uh, Maite played by da- uh, Dalana Carici. The film is not rated. Uh, it's 88 minutes long. Uh, a tri-country production uh, with Uruguay, Mexico, and Argentina. Released on the 3rd of September of 2020. Um, and filmed at the Chine Opera in Montevideo, Uruguay. Um, so this was a first watch for me. I'm guessing for you too. Yes, that is correct. Um, and this, Andrew, was this not on Shutter before? It is currently. 
it, it's on it's on there for you. I had to rent it, but there's sometimes weird things that happen with that, right? Um, anyways, first watch for both of us, Andrew. What'd you think? Yeah, so the like like you said, the first time watch, um, obviously a uh, foreign language film, um, so had to get in the mood for that. Um, just because subtitles, you just have to read like whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but like once you get used to it. But um, overall, um, I'm I'm kind of in the middle on this one. Yeah, I I, I liked it quite a bit, but there are moments where I just get frustrated. And I understand that what we're trying to mimic is kind of like an uh, a Jalo uh, or a Dario Argento film or like of that ilk. And to be totally honest, I've seen a handful of those movies. And for the most part, I have the same frustrations with those movies. So I think that that's just like a product of what this movie is. Yeah, sure. I get that. Um, but there are just like certain moments where I'm like, can you do something? Can you like move? Can you fight back? Can you like <laughs> right, do sure. something yeah. where I got or I got really frustrated? But like, I think that the the overall filmmaking and especially the score, you could give this to me on a record and I'd put it on every day like yep. it, it, the the music is fantastic and, and the, the scenery being in the theater being in a classic theater and how they filmed everything the gore is like unexpectedly good because yeah. I, I i didn't know what i was expecting but i was not expecting it to be a a, a pipe through two people's heads as they're kissing <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Um, um, I, I just I, I did think that there was a lot of really beautiful shots like there's a specific throat slit where you kind of get like uh, cold weather like screaming out of his throat and there's just there's a lot of really good stuff. I think where I get frustrated is just like the these kind of films where everyone is so helpless and the killer is so powerful for no reason. Yeah, sure. Um, and and, and that, that that's it. I, I had a great time watching it. I just there were times where I wanted to yell at the screen like like can you just fucking move or go somewhere or fight or kick or like whatever. But Agreed. overall, I still had a great time watching it. What about you? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm nearly identical on this, to be honest. Like it's, um, you know, I, I admire Jallo. Um, it's not my favorite genre though. And like, you know, I, I understand the importance of it. I still think it's fun. I like Dario Argento. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, we visited his museum for God's sake. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, we literally went to Profondo Rosso. So, I mean, like we, I, I like it. It's just, it's just not my thing. And for much of the same reasons that you just talked about, like, it's just things it, it, in, in Jalo, it's like, everything is just like a big, like plateau all the time, or that, that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, what's, what am I trying to say here? It's like, it's always just like a big picture you know mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah, picture yeah after picture after picture instead of like a flow of things that happen that i quite enjoy in a film and so like it's 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 designed to like be formed around these pictures of this and of this and of this and of gore and of color and of blah 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 blah, blah. and that's cool it's just not really super my thing um, so I get what you're saying there in a lot of ways and i think we're kind of saying the same thing almost um, I would say that this film is definitely pretty fucking gory. Um, if you have any aversion to eye stuff, this is not the film for you. Yeah. And um, I, uh, I mean, I mean, also like who does, who, who likes to watch eyes being cut out of heads? Like anybody out there? No. Um, and who likes to watch eyes being eaten, eaten. Yeah, who wants yeah. to see an eye being eaten? Nobody does. And when the killer in the beginning, 
is in his car taking something out of a jar. My first my first note about this film is this, bro, is that a pickle jar? That was my first yeah. note. And I, I, was like, I put in my notes, I was like, this makes me never want to eat a yep. pickle ever again. And I was like, what is he eating? And then, you know, fucking A, he goes into the movie theater. Then there's all these like little plateau scenes of things happening in the movie theater. Someone's buying a ticket. Someone's doing this. Someone is a child going down the stairs and they spill their gumballs all over the stairs and they go bouncing down. Now, listen, number one, ain't no kid need that many fucking gumballs. I God, thought the same right. thing. <laughs> I, I literally I literally wrote I wrote down no kid needs that many gumballs. That red one is one too many, you little shit. And I stand by that. Um that is a giant bag of gumballs. Gumballs are not satisfying candy. I'm sorry, no. they're not. Gumballs are weird and odd. And why would you want a gumball? I don't I don't really get it. Like, you can't swallow the gumball, you know? Like what's the point of it? Anyways um, the gumballs are a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in this film because the serial killer that is with us, he is an eater of eyeballs. And so <laughs> he is determined to go kill all these people and then take an ice cream scooper or whatever that thing is and scoop out their eyeballs and put them in a pickle jar and pickle them and then eat them later. That is yeah. what his job is. And he is getting paid to do it no he doesn't get paid i'm joking he's a killer um so i mean look that that's a lot because that means that every murder from that point forward is going to be pretty heinous because even if he just stabs them or slits their throat he's still scooping out their fucking eyeball and that yeah. is that, that's hard to fucking watch when you have that forced perspective of inside the um old man's head where oh. it's which I'm assuming they use like a pumpkin or something for that. Yeah, sure. But like, it still is real, real gross. That's raunchy, man. I mean, fuck. Like, guess what? I love my fucking eyes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have to say like, I mean, it's, you know, that old trick of like, if you had to lose your senses, what's the one that you just like could not lose? I, I gotta say probably my eyes. You know, like, I mean, if, if I couldn't hear, that would suck. If I couldn't taste, that would be terrible. If I couldn't, I don't know, touch, I guess, how terrible. But like, if you can't see... I don't know, man. That wouldn't work for me. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um, yeah, and um, the, what I will say about this, and you know, kind of going to what you're talking about, is that the gore is really well done. It's very like, well done, truly. Um, I think that for me, some people get far worse deaths than others, and I don't really understand. And maybe I'm not meant that's to understand. I, I hadn't thought about that. But like the two, the two lovers, like uh, yeah, or I guess I shouldn't that. say lovers. Um, the two, I'm not saying the two that are the two that are on the date, like basically that show up together. That awful woman that smokes in the theater and is really awful. The, I she wanted des- her. She deserved to die. But I wanted her to have like a crazy death, and, and she, all she does is get stabbed. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, you just also had these other two fall in love on the bus, follow each other to the theater and make out in the theater and they get a fucking uh, what do you like? a What do you, would you even call that? Like a rebar through the head? <laughs> I, yeah, like, like a crowbar ish kind of thing. And in, in my notes, I wrote down, oh, damn, he killed a cute new couple already. Like I was I like, know. oh, I wanted them to live. I really I did. Know. I know. And same with. um um oh gosh what was her name same with was it man what, i can't think of her name the girl that survives longer than with anna <clears throat> uh Anhala? maybe yeah 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 
uh, where she is almost out on the roof and then gets pulled down and then is like yeah, brutally yeah, yeah. killed in the projector. And I was like, geez, like, yeah. <sighs> I didn't I want don't know. Like, it's, I sometimes, I sometimes feel like filmmakers just want to make you fall in love with someone so that they can kill them like brutally. You know I what think, I mean? Well, I, I think that you're probably <laughs> correct. I mean, I, I think that's, it's a, that's a, that is a successful strategy because that's what makes you feel things while you're watching it, you know, instead of just like being sort of baseline the whole time. You know, one thing that I wrote in my notes, maybe you can remind me of, of what this was because it is kind of a funny note. <laughs> so after I wrote down, ah, oh, damn, he killed a cute new couple already. I then wrote down and the dude come at the same time. Too many yeah. bodily fluids. Was that <laughs> right? Did, did that happen right, right in a row in succession? Yeah, that's it, they okay. literally they I go back and that. forth between them like kissing and then the two her, couples, like right. rubbing his over the jeans, his over the jeans hand job basically. Also, like I mean, listen, I've, I have um, surprisingly I have uh, had an orgasm before, so I know how they work. That guy, like, look, we've all if you're a man, you ejaculate. That is what happens, folks. Um, and like, look, some people ejaculate a lot, some people don't. Some people are kind of in the middle. Whatever. That's too much. I, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I've <laughs> I've I've had a little bit of both in my life, but I've never had it where I've been like, oh, my God, I have to go wash my pants. Do you, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you've got jeans on. You're in a you're in a dark theater. He goes into the bathroom and it looks like he's pissed himself, for God's sake. Yeah. It's a little Only overboard. Way, the only way I can explain that is that if he wasn't wearing underwear which maybe, but oh, still, I guess. that's. But he was wearing underwear though, because when he's cleaning himself up in the bathroom, he has underwear on. So I mean, it's. it's but it's not like when you jizz on yourself, like you. you it's not like white paint. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, like yeah. It, it. Guess what, everybody? It dries clear. I know from experience. So I don't know. I thought it was maybe a little bit overboard right there. Yeah. Um. I did think it was funny that Goni was obsessed with Brooke Shields, and it just kind of. Oh, like I did too. Yeah. It just like shows like 1999, like in a time capsule of like who was who was who were the people we were talking about in 1999. Which Brooke I, Shields, baby. Yeah, which I was. I was watching. Uh, what was that show? What was the show she was on at that time? I can't think of it. I don't know. Uh, it was some sitcom. I can't remember. Um. I thought um, I was like when we were watching the movie and then there's, you know, much within the blob where they're watching the garden tool massacre uh, in this movie, they're watching Frankenstein day of the beast. <laughs> yes. And I'm, what I'm telling you is that these filmmakers dedicated to making two movies because there is the last matinee, but then there is a full on movie that I, I think, is well, real. Well, <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about that, right? The film's killer, Asesino, is played by Ricardo Islas, right? And he also directed the movie within the movie, Frankenstein Day of the Beast. Oh, no way. Isn't that crazy? That's interesting, yeah. Um, I was, but I was also watching um, Frankenstein Day of the Beast and being like, this seems like one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. I fucking <laughs> wrote, I, Andrew, we are on the same wavelength today. I wrote down, where is it? Uh, where is it in here? I, I basically, I wrote down, this movie looked boring as hell. Because yeah. it, it really, <laughs> it looked so fucking boring. And everyone's watching it and I'm like, why are you all into this? Why? Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyways. Um, I thought it was funny that um, this theater only has two projectionists for its entire run of the yeah. of the week. Because um, I don't know about you, but the movie theater I worked at, the manager was also the projectionist. So of course. Yeah. Like five of them. Um, but um, I, wrote, I wrote in my notes. So there's a guy... I I I don't know what they're trying to make him because at first I thought he was homeless, but then he's like wearing a scarf and he's kind of like an art kind of guy. He shows up yeah. at the end too, but um, he has this moment where he just like stands up and he looks at the three teenagers and he just goes, "Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up," and I was just like, "Oh, I'm this guy. I'm yeah. this guy." <laughs> so, Fuck yes, hell yes, and proudly that guy, proudly that guy. Let me tell you. Um, but uh, did you also notice the small detail of when they the cops come at the end and they kind of get the shutters open finally, that not only is that guy out there, but also the teenager's fourth friend who they're like look, who they were waiting for at the beginning is also standing out there. Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that. Because remember at the beginning of the movie when they're standing outside the theater and they're like uh, sharing their little flask and getting ready to go in the movie, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. he told he told us to wait out here. And then they end up going in he's out there so i thought that was kind of a cool little detail that i that the filmmakers added in that i thought was, oh, was nice. really nice a- another um, little detail is that um there's a poster for the film anguish from 1987 in the box office mm-hmm. and anguish is a real movie and it's about a mother who telepathically commands her son to steal the eyeballs of her enemies and also takes place in a movie theater meta oh my god well, did you know that was also on my short list of movies to recommend for this episode? No way. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. That's funny. Um, it also has Zelda Rubenstein on it. Zelda the... Rubenstein. God, that name. What a name she has. Um, other posters that I recognized in the theater were for Tenebrae, Opera, E.T., and another movie that I don't know if is real, but it's called Dinosario. <laughs> I saw that one, and I was thinking... <laughs> was there a dinosaurs movie that like maybe that was real i, I don't know no. i did also like um policia robotica which is basically <laughs> robocop, <laughs> robocop. <laughs> that's great <laughs> um i also have in my notes that this is the grossest bathroom in all so of gross time um why the toilets are overflowing in montevideo i don't know um but it's real gross and um he gets his hand when he gets his head snapped on that floor i not only thought of the impact but i also thought of the germs <laughs> so so gross i mean there, there's not any movie theater bathroom that is that's great that i've ever been in if i'm being honest but it, it, this one was not not great. that gross though not 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 that gross and not I mean, that gross never the theater i worked at we had to check it once an hour so once I mean, an hour holy shit you guys were good yeah um one part that really frustrated me in this movie is when so it's a, it's a really small part but i just had to talk about it because it really annoyed me because i hate alarm clocks but when the alarm clock alarm is clocks. when the alarm clock is going off and anna cannot find it i'm like Anna, follow the fucking noise because she's checking in like drawers across, yeah, the, like across the room. It's, it's <laughs> like, really, it's really not that hard to figure out. You just have to find it. <laughs> like, and like, it's there. You, like Anna, press the snooze button. 
It's not that difficult because Henry. she goes looking. <laughs> Henry, the library. That's, that's all I want to say right there. Ugh. Where she's like, Maurizio, Maurizio. That part really frustrated me. I don't know why they, I called that out, but it just really frustrated me. It's frustrating. That's the reason why. I will um, say that when the murderer is finally killed, it is satisfying. Oh, yeah, for sure. When that rebar goes through his chest, the I rebar felt, that he used to kill I, the couple. I felt pretty good about that. I did. And sure enough, as to call back from the early part of the movie, all of the eyeballs, like, um, I, I don't know why I said eyeballs. 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 Uh, gumballs, sh- gumballs and eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> Shatter out of the pickle jar and dance down the stairs just like the gumballs did at I, the beginning of the movie. I wrote down the gumballs, the eyeballs, it all comes together. Film. Yeah. <laughs> um and then sure enough we get like just like in the blob we have to have a stinger at the end we have to have something to like wait a minute hold on here uh tomas the little kid who we haven't really talked about um he does a great job in this movie too i think um, he does too yeah um tomas who has basically snuck into the theater and has watched the movie and has pissed himself and he has a whole other storyline that he's playing in this movie um he looks at the eyeball and you almost think Oh, is he the next eyeball killer? Is he curious about what that eyeball tastes like? Who knows? (laughs) I mean, look, he likes gumballs already. so He's already a fucking freak. So um, give him an eyeball. Maybe he'll like that too. Yeah. And listen, I think like, I think most listeners of our podcast would really like this movie. I think they maybe would have some of the same criticisms because there are many parts where... Um, I'm thinking of specifically, I'm thinking of uh, the girl who's awful, the one that smokes in the theater. Terrible. Um, Hated her. She literally just sits there while he stabs her. And I'm like, you wouldn't fight back at all? I mean, this guy's knife is like a pocket knife. Like, it's not like it's a butcher knife, like to where, like, why? (sighs) Sorry. It just really frustrated me that nobody fought back. No, (laughs) I, I totally get it. Um, until like our main two girls, they, they do fight back at the end with like the fire extinguisher and stuff. But like, I'm sorry, but if someone shows up in front of me with a knife, I'm at least going to kick or like try, you know what I mean? Like there was, there was one part too, when the girls are, are fighting off the guy and, um, fighting off the murderer. And like, you think that the one girl is going to run away. But yeah. she doesn't, and she grabs the fire extinguisher instead. That was, and I was good. Like, That's right. Teamwork, yeah. girls. Get but it together. At the same time, I was like, girl, if you hit that guy one time, hit him 17. Hit him 17 I, times. I completely agree with you. I, I, I feel that way about every horror movie where it's like, if you have the chance to just kill the person, I need you to kill them. Kill yeah. them. Get, make them completely immobile. You know what death looks like. Make it happen. Exactly. Like <laughs> death looks like they're not alive. So unalive them. Do it. Fucking do the thing. Yeah. All right. Well, Maddie, what do you give the last matinee? Which once we want, and I also just want to bring this up once again is not a matinee because it's the last showing of the day. Which yeah, is not a matinee. This, this was not a matinee, folks. Um, I gave you know what I, I was generous. I gave it a five. Um, you know, even with all the criticisms that we had, I still had fun watching it. Um, and I said, wow, these people wrote a love letter to Dario Argento and woo, it's a lot. Yeah, I I gave it a 4.5. I still enjoyed it. I said uh, music and gore is kind of like A plus in this, but the story and kind of the characters are they I think they could have used a little punch up if I'm being honest. Agreed. 
Well, Andrew, that was a fun talk. Was, this has been a fun episode, too. I yeah. Say, I had a lot of fun on this one. Um, let's end this one here, and then we'll be right back with our final game of the episode. Right now, I'd like to remind you of another wonderful candy bar that everybody on Super Circus is mighty fond of. Yes, sirree, I mean Three Musketeers. It's been a favorite for many, many years, and here's why. It's the candy bar that breaks easily into three just right pieces of the very tastiest nougat candy. Light, smooth nougat that's flavored with sweet cocoa. Lots of sweet chocolate flavor. And see, three pieces for easy eating. Well, that does it for episode 106 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. But before you leave, we've got one more little game to play with you. Maddie, tell us all about it. Uh, wait, what did I call this game? What did I call Name it? that candy. Name that candy. God, wow. What a, what a name, Maddie. How, how could you ever forget it? Um, so what, what I'm going to do here is... Oh, people, <sighs> listeners, you have no idea how weird we actually are. Um, or, you know what? Honestly, if they've listened you to probably do. Yeah. if they listen to all these episodes, they actually do. They know yeah. exactly how weird we are. Um, anyways, this is a game called Name That Candy, and what I'm going to do is give Andrew a description of a famous candy at the movie theater, and he's going to have to guess what the name of it is. Got it, perfect. Andrew? Okay, that's very it's perfect. Very hard. You have five candies that we're going to go through, and these are all. None of these are like you know candies that you don't know. Like you know all of these candies. Trust me. And and they're distinctly movie theater candy. I mean, they're, they're ones that I would definitely put in that category. Like, in other words, these are all ones that, like, if you went to the movie theater, you would get them in a box. Okay, you know what I mean? Got it. Yep, like that. ready. But, I mean, but, however, you could also buy them in the store. Just pointing yeah. that out, too. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, okay. This is a uh, brand of chocolate-coated caramel candies. They are a caramel disc covered with a confectionery chocolate made from cocoa and vegetable oil. They are sold in a yellowish-orange box. The caramels, you said? Uh-huh. Chocolate-coated caramel candies. They are a caramel disc covered with a confectionery chocolate. It's a coating made from cocoa and vegetable oil. And are they these... are sold and they are sold in a yellowish-orange box. Are these Rolos? These are milk duds. You were close. Oh, okay, milk duds. Yeah, yeah. Milk okay, duds. all right. Although, God, you you got me one on a Rolo right now. Fuck I do me. love Rolos. <laughs> oh, okay. Next one is okay. Uh, yeah, this one. Hold on, wait, real quick. There we go. Okay, these are you, you'll probably get this one pretty quick, but but let, let me go through the whole description. These are malted milk balls with an artificial flavored chocolatey coating. The candy is a small, round ball, about three-quarters of an inch in diameter. They are typically sold in various packaging options, either in a small cardboard candy box or in a larger box that resembles a cardboard milk carton. Uh, these are the controversial Whopper. You are correct, sir. Whoppers are what I was describing indeed. Now, yeah, the next one here. I you know I like a Whopper now and then. I do. I do too. Um, especially around Halloween. That's yeah, like perfect just, when I want a Whopper. They're kind of delicious, really. You know, I okay. love malted milk though. So whatever. Now this one is one of my favorite candies of all time for sure. It is a multi-flavored, uh, excuse me, a multi-colored fruit-flavored lentil-shaped candy. 
They consist of hard sugar shells imprinted with the letter S, and their interior consists mainly of sugar, corn syrup, and hydrogenated palm kernel oil, along with fruit juice, citric acid, and natural and artificial flavors. I'm between two, but I think based on your what you said, they're mm-hmm. going with Skittles. You are correct, sir. It is a Skittle. Congratulations. Yeah. I was between that and nerds because you said lentils. And I was like, oh, that's kind yeah. of... I thought about putting nerds on this list. Very astute. <clears throat> okay, now the next one. This one is also... I bet you're going to get this one pretty quickly, but I'll go through the, the full um, whatever. Okay, so this is a candy consisting of small rounds of mint filling inside a semi-sweet chocolate coating with a dimple on one side. On one side. Um, they are packaged in varying amounts from the so-called fun size box to the much larger 12-ounce box. I know what this is, but I can't think of the name of it. It's the mint thing. L- oh. so, I'll, I'll read it to you again. A candy brand consisting of small rounds of mint filling inside a semi-sweet chocolate coating with a dimple on one side. I can't think of the name. They're called like, oh, 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 Junior Mints. Junior Mints. You got it. They are Junior Mints. Congratulations on that that, one. You're doing very well. I got stuck on York Peppermint Patty and I couldn't think of anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now the next one here is this. Um, let me click on this link here. There we go. Okay, so these are uh, also one of my favorite candies of all time. Um, a peanut butter candy. They are oblate spheroid in shape. How about that? What? <laughs> and covered in candy shells that are colored yellow, orange, or brown. They can be purchased in plastic packets, cardboard boxes, or cup-shaped travel containers. Uh, Reese's Pieces. You got it. So that is four out of five, Andrew. Well done. Good for you. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you didn't pull out like goobers or snow caps, like something like weird, like you one know, of the. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I figured like the the fun is like the fun is the shit where it's like what, what was that oblate spheroid, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? So, Andrew, congratulations on your four oh, out of five. You passed. Thank the you quiz. so much. You're welcome. Um, funny enough that you did that did that um, game because we were literally just at a lesbian baby shower yesterday and I won the diaper game with the, yes! the candy in the, in the good for thing. you girl good for you well Andrew <laughs> that was a very fun episode 106 a couple mm-hmm. of things um, in terms of housekeeping at the end here uh, first off look we are a proud independent podcast which means that we rely on our listeners Um, to support us if they'd like to, to help us get even better, right? We're really proud of our show. Um, And after, God, at this point, Andrew, nearly six years of podcasting, which is Mm -hmm. very fucking crazy to say. Um, Look, we're we're really proud of what we do. Uh, But look, there are always things that we need to, to think about, including improving our equipment or going to conventions or just renting movies to watch them for the show, right? And so that's where our listeners can help us out. You can become a patron on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Um, super, super easy, right? Well, I mean, just keep this in mind. You just listened to this episode for the last two hours. Yeah. Do you think that that's worth $1? Yeah. I mean, Andrew, I think it's worth, I think it's worth at least 
at least a dollar, <laughs> if not more than that. So look, if, if you are financially able, we would love to have your support because I mean, truly, Andrew and I are, we are kind of obsessed about the things that we will do in the future to make the show better. Um, and you can be a part of that. So please do. And, you know, just, just to harken back to what I said at the very start of this episode, our patrons, all of our listeners mean a lot to us, but I mean, our patrons are people that are just, they go above and beyond. And like being able to meet with, with Kyle last night here in Dublin at the cobblestone and to have some beers and talk about the show and talk about life and everything else. It was brilliant. So, I mean, like, look, if you become a patron, that's the kind of stuff that you could do, too. We would love to meet you. Check it out. You can do it really easily. You could become a patron or buy merchandise by going to our website, which is www.frygay13.com slash support. Yeah. And we, we would also, if you can't financially, we get it. There's a lot of financial hardships in the world. We understand that podcasts are a free medium. But what you can do is go ahead and leave a review on your podcast listener of choice. So whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, wherever you do, wherever. Uh, if you could just if you could just literally hit that five stars or however they grade on your listener platform, we would love it. We would love it even more if you could say something nice about the show because yes. honestly, we put this together for you and yeah. for us but for you, but for us. And we yeah. want to hear from you. So, And 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 also, too, just to add on there, too, if, you, if you've already left a review for us, the best thing you can do is just keep telling other people about us. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that will do it for 106. Um, we have a special little surprise coming for 107, but you'll yeah. have to stay tuned for that. And um, for the rest of your day, weekend, week, whenever you decide to turn this on, we encourage you to... Get slayed. Get slayed.